Is this great? That was incredible. Sometimes I was thinking this morning I had to do a um, a presentation in Christian Worldview, a few of us on Operation Rescue. And I was like, how in the world am I going to go from being pro-Operation Rescue to trying to speak out of God's Word? And that is just, I appreciate your guys' ministry so much and just getting us, not in the mood necessarily, but just setting a stage for opening God's Word. This morning, I'm going to talk about it. Mark said we're going to do something a little different, and I'm not really going to exposit so much or attempt to do that. We're going to have some personal testimonies, and um, share, just share something that's really on my heart. And just to start, there's a quote by Ian Bounds. It says, preaching isn't the performance of an hour, but the outflow of a life. And I really want to try to exhibit that this morning, and not entertain you for an hour, but just share with you my heart, and something that is just really really pressing in my life and something that I fail in so much that I feel almost like I can't believe I'm speaking on this. Um, I want you to picture with me, if you will, at your graduation. And this is the stage that they set up for graduation and all of you are out there, you're all graduates. And then right behind us there's a banner. Does anybody know what that says every year? What was that? Equipped with, for excellence. Equipped for excellence. And what we're going to talk about this morning is pursuing excellence in our lives. And I started thinking about that. That's the whole model of this school is equipping for excellence. I thought, what does that mean? When I, when I graduate from here, I'm going to be equipped for excellence. That's, that's the whole goal of the school, at least, is that that happens when I leave. And I thought, what separates me from a graduate from UCLA or from any other place? Because when they graduate, I'm sure their goal also in the performance level as far as a job is to be equipped for excellence. If I'm a business major there or a business major here, when I get done, I'm going to be able to perform a job, hopefully at an excellent level, and that's why I think I deserve to get the job or whatever. So what makes us different? And on a definition level of what excellent is, it's the same at both places. Excellent to them is just superior or above average. And the definition for us is the same, that we're superior or above the average, and that's why we feel like we're able to go out into the world and get a job. And I started thinking, I thought, for us, it's different, though, because we're not just focusing on the performance aspect of it. For them, they're equipped for excellence to perform a certain task. For us, we're equipped for excellence for Christ. And what does that mean? Our whole thing we're going to talk about this morning, and I'm going to have some people share some testimonies about it, is that our goal in being excellent is not to perform for man, but to please God. If you'd open with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in, in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Verse 18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. Let's stop in... No, it's not. Um, 19, Husbands, love your wives. In 20, there's a command to children. In 21, to fathers. In 22, to servants. And the verses 23 and 24 is what we want to focus on this morning. Verse 23, And whatsoever you do, in word... Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. What's the second word there? And 
most of what you do or some of what you do? What does it say? Can you, are you guys looking at it? Are you with me? And whatever you do. There's no qualification. Whatever we do, we're to do it heartily under the Lord. Does that include school? Does that include our schoolwork? Does that include math for managers with Bin Pal? Does that include all those things? I think it does. I know it does. And uh, what I've asked, I've asked Blake to come up, first of all. And just so you'll know this morning, um, these people didn't come to me and say, look, I'm an excellent. Blake didn't come and say, I'm an excellent expert on the area of schoolwork. And so I'd really like to give a testimony. And these are people that I've asked to just share how God's worked in their lives in teaching them how they need to pursue excellence. So, Blake, would you come up? Yeah, by no means am I the best student on this campus. But, um, yeah, uh, Steve asked me to come up, and uh, I would just start by saying uh, over the summer when I had to go home, when I got sick and had to leave school, and I, I learned a lot of things over that time period when I was away, and um, God taught me a lot and sobered me up, and, and uh, I, I don't know, a lot, a lot of things I took for granted, like schoolwork and uh, friends and other, you know, just daily things that we, we do, I took for granted. Uh, God really showed me how important they are and, and uh, what place they, they had in my life, and um, Steve asked me to, to talk on grades and uh, one of the things I did commit to the Lord this year when I came back was that I was going to try harder to um, really study um, to try to improve my, my grades as far as my GPA and starting my major again and uh, I just I really found that you know daily if you pray and you, you ask God to really help you, guide you, and the verse that, that Steve just read out of Colossians is really applicable here, and we, we need to uh, remember that everything we do is for God, not not just some things. Grades do fall into that, and uh, I don't know, I'm still working on it, and uh, I know some of you guys are, and he, he asked me, a, a freshman, he asked me a couple weeks ago what three things I thought were most important for freshmen that they should know coming into this school. And I said uh, the importance of godly friends um, and the importance of getting good grades. But I couldn't think of a third. But um, those were the two I, I had thought about over the summer. So those are the two I gave him. And I just think that those two are very important and the grades is what he asked me to talk about. So I'm just, I'm asking you, you need to do it for not yourself, not your parents, not for the deans or anybody, but for you and, but mostly for God. So I'm just, just giving you my testimony. I learned a lot over the summer, and it was great. And I'm just here to tell you, grades are very important, and that you shouldn't take them for granted and try your best. Okay. I have a confession to make on this. I'm the biggest culprit of this. And as a senior looking back, and this is going to sound crazy, you're going to say, what in the world? But if you guys can take advantage of the general ed courses, I can't believe how much of what I'm studying now in my major course is built upon that and how important that was and how there's, there is a purpose for it, guys. Whether we see it or not or whether we know it, it's there. And it's a foundation we've got to learn to build on. Um, the hard thing about pursuing excellence as a Christian is there's no human measure for it. If I'm pursuing excellence in a class, whatever it is, and my goal is to achieve excellence in performance, then I'm going to get an A, and that's measurable. 
or I can please a teacher, or when I'm walking across the graduation platform, I'm summa cum laude and everybody knows that I achieved excellence. So how do we measure excellence as a Christian? How do I know if, if what I've done is excellence? And this is it right here. Everything we do has got to go through the grid of God's Word. Does that make sense? That even when I'm studying, and I'm studying something that I don't understand why in the world I'm studying it, and I'm wondering, and my excellence is not so I can please that teacher or that I can get kumasum whatever, but that I can be living in accordance to this word and this book. And that is what has to govern our lives in every area. And we wanted to focus on school as being one of the things this morning because it's so easy to neglect that for other things that we feel are more important. The second area we want to talk about besides school is involvement. And uh, this is one of those things that's kind of a a tough area because we're being asked to be involved all the time. You have your RAs wanting you to get involved in wing meetings. You have, you know, ASB, we're trying to get you to go to Sadie Hawkins and no girl's asking you and you don't know what to do. And um, all these things, you're being, you're being prompted to be involved in all the time. Church ministry and, and whatever. I remember my freshman year, I made some very unwise choices in what I was involved in. And I was taking a full load and trying to pursue a girlfriend and, um, one of, part, one of those classes, which I've mentioned a couple of times, is math for managers. It's been on my mind. It killed, that class killed me. And, uh, and then I was working at UPS. And I worked there from 11.30 to 7.30 in the morning. And then I had all my classes until 3. And I slept in Hotchkiss Lounge. Anybody that knew me, I literally slept two hours a night in Hotchkiss Lounge. Lounge would wake me up, I'd go to work, and then start my day. And it was ridiculous. And it wasn't so much that everything I was involved in was a bad thing or that anything of it was bad. But it was simply the fact that I made choices sometimes even to do good things, where I put myself in a position where I, I couldn't pursue excellence, where I couldn't do everything I was doing heartily unto the Lord, some of the things I had to slack on to be able to accomplish others. Do you know what I mean? In the Bible, we have a great example of this too. I think it's Cain and Abel, when they were asked to offer sacrifices to God. Here you have Abel, who went out and he raised the sheep. You know, He just let it go in the field, he raised it, and then he slaughtered it and put it on an altar. And then you have Cain who tilled the ground, planted the seed, watered it, weeded it, and then yielded his crop and made an enormous fruit and vegetable basket, say for sake of, I'm not sure what it was, but a huge um, thing of fruit and put it on his altar. Now which one took as much, didn't they both take about the equal amount of work? Neither one necessarily took more toil and if possibly Cain's even did. Yet Cain's wasn't an accepted sacrifice. Why? Because to the man, it was pleasing. Aesthetically, I would imagine that a bowl of fruit is more pleasing than a slaughtered lamb. But that wasn't Abel's focus. Abel's focus was to please God. Cain's focus was to please man, and therefore Abel's was accepted. So sometimes it doesn't matter how much you're involved in. Say, well, I'm going to wing meetings, and I'm, I'm going to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. It's like what Jeff just talked about. I'm doing all these things, and isn't that good? They're good things, but if you're not pursuing excellence in every one, if you're not doing everyone with all your heart to the Lord if you're doing them to please men you're doing them for the wrong reasons and good things become bad sometimes we equate busyness with spirituality and it just doesn't work that way and for this I've asked I've asked Mike to come up Mike Parker and uh, I've known Mike for a couple years now and I've seen a lot of change in his life and a lot of growth and I've asked him to talk about involvement and how go ahead um Let's see, there's a couple of things. Um, this semester, actually over the summer, I got a letter from Paul Martin, and he asked me 
to work with him in a new department called Ministry Intern, where I would basically be working with um, the local churches in, and with the local churches and with the school and with the students and trying to get people more involved. And I was really surprised that he would ask me. I mean, I'm no one who would be some great... I'm not running around telling everybody, oh, you need to get involved, you need to get involved. And I was pretty surprised, and I felt really honored. And at the same time, I got really excited. I was like, you know, this is a really cool opportunity for me to do something like this and for me to just... I don't know, impact people's lives in a way that I could be able to just say, this is what God commands us to do, and this is what we need to do. Um, and then I came back, and I was thinking, okay, well, I'm in this position, so I better get involved myself. And in a lot of, in a lot of ways, in my own life, what I'll do is I'll look at things that I'm involved in and just stuff that I do, and I think, well... Instead of focusing on the fact that God commands me to be holy and God commands me to live an upright life, um, I think of, well, I'm doing all of these things. I'm involved in this ministry. I'm trying to change people's lives, so I guess I better live right. And that's completely wrong, and I've learned that over the past couple months. I just started a, with a few other students. I just started a junior high group at a church, Lake Hills Community Church, and... Um, it's just incredible to see the growth that's happened there. And it's like, you focus, if you focus on the fact that you're doing this to glorify God, because there's been weeks where we've come out of there and we've just been ready to say, forget it, I'm not going back there, I don't care about these kids, I don't care what happens to them, see you later. But if you focus on the fact that we're doing this a, because God commands it, and B, because it's, it's going to bring glory to Him. It's so much more fulfilling, and it's so exciting to see that God will use you and to look back and say, I can't believe that that was done, and it was only done because God was cared so much and loves me so much that He's going to use me to change people's lives. It's truly, truly exciting. Again, it's what Mike said, that what we've done has to be for the Lord and not to please men. And it doesn't matter how good those things are. If we're doing them for the wrong reasons, if we're doing them to please our pastor, to please our parents, or to fulfill some requirement at school, those, those are good reasons that those people we want to please them, but our ultimate focus has to please God. But first, that our, we pursue excellence in schoolwork, we pursue excellence in our involvement with our school or church, and the last thing, that we pursue excellence in relationships. And I'm not talking so much about guy-girl relationships because I'm in no way an authority on the subject. But um, Alistair Begg mentioned the other day that all of our lives are marked by people. No matter what we're involved in, we spend time with people. And relationships affect more than anything else who you are as a person in, in your relationship with God. And I think this kind of falls in, in two things. One, the first thing is who we choose to hang around. In the Bible, I think of Abraham and Lot. They come to the edge of this valley and they're looking out and there's the desert over here and there's the fertile plains over here and Lot gets the first choice. And he knew good and well that though it was fertile and pleasing to the eye and pleasing to man, he knew Sodom and Gomorrah was over there. And he made a conscious decision to go and settle down with him and not just be in the world but become of the world. And that eventually was the demise of his family. That he made a choice to spend time with ungodly people. 
And the second thing, which is the easiest for us to do, is that we're not really faithful to friends. For me right now, I think of, and it's so easy for me to do this, um, I'm working, not full-time, but I'm working a lot and trying to save to get married, and um, the chaplain here at school and ASB and what is involved in that, and then trying to carry a full class load and planning a wedding and on and on, all these things. And if I went to work and I said, my boss's name is Frank, and I said, hey, Frank, you know, I'm really busy. I'd just like to quit this week. Would that be a problem? He'd laugh, and he'd say, well, don't bother coming back. That's fine. And uh, it just doesn't work that way. But I cannot so obviously go to Christy, my fiancée, and say, you know, I'm just going to quit this week. Do you know what I mean? Where you just, where I'm not as involved with her as I should be, where I'm not pursuing that friendship like I should, or I'm not spending as much time with her as I know I should because of selfishness and because it's just so easy not to pursue every aspect of our life heartily under the Lord. That I am, even in, in that relationship, it would be easy sometimes to put off to not pursue excellence in that. And I've asked um, a good friend of mine, Rob Zietlow, to come up and and give a testimony as to how God has surrounded him with godly friends and how that's influenced his life. Uh, first of all, I have to uh, say that God definitely uh, gives you godly friends, and I realized that freshman year. First day of class, I look over, I see a, a guy walking. He looked kind of by himself. So that would be the good Christian thing to walk over and talk to him. Well, from that point on, I was his savior, I think. And he stuck to me. And I could not stand him. And those of you that know John Litz, I mean, I couldn't get away from him. I'd say, well, I'm going to go have a personal time with the Lord. He said, okay, I'll come with. And I was like, oh, no. So, first semester, I dealt with it. I dealt with it the whole time. I dealt with it. So I... Uh, I finally just said, well, i got to take this to the Lord. So I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm going to give you two options. You either change me or get rid of him because he's bothering me. Well, through the Christmas break, he really worked on my life. And uh, now John Litz is perhaps one of my best friends. And, it, and, it, and so that kind of just focused, helped me focus to realize that God gives us the friends. We don't pick them. But as we were talking about pursuing excellence in your relationship... I really had to ask, what's the purpose of a friendship? And I uh, came, came to the conclusion that the purpose that we're here is to glorify God. So this is not a, by no means the best uh, description of, or, uh, yeah, description for friendship, but it's mine, so you can take it or you can do it. Mine is helping someone glorify God, and really in three ways. And it's been shown an example from my friends who've done this for me. You can tell I'm a Bible student because I've prepared three P words that will help me remember. <laughs> the first two are pushing and pulling. And uh, my, perhaps my best friend, and guys, I know this will make you sick, but my best friend is my girlfriend and I'm sorry. But my girlfriend has really helped me with this. She uh, seems to have this knack of pulling me out of sin. She can uh, really tell when I'm screwing up in an area, and she has this way of telling me that I am screwing up in an area. So I think the first one is restoring your friend, getting them out of sin, confronting. I think the second one is encouraging, and I think that's what she's really good at, just making, putting you and saying, go for it, go for it, you can do it, you can do it. So pushing and pulling, those are two. 
And uh, the last one is pointing. And I have a roommate, and I don't know if you guys know Josh Mack, but he's the consummate pointer. When you're sitting talking to him at lunch, you're asking him how his day is. He'll just sit there and he'll stare at you and he'll go, I need to love Jesus more. And you just go, yeah, you're right. And he points you to God. And he points you to, to uh, how's your parents? I don't know, but you know, I'm not living for the Lord the way I should. And he, and he really he points you to start thinking toward God and how in, uh, incredible he is. And uh, so I think the keys to friendship are uh, pushing you into things, pulling you out of things, and pointing you to God. And God has definitely granted me with a lot of good Christian and godly friends, and uh, I just can't thank him enough for it. That's great. Again, I just want to emphasize, and I didn't want to exposit to you this morning, everything we do, if it's our schoolwork, if it's our involvement in the church, if you're doing schoolwork for a grade or to please your teacher, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're involved in a local church just so you can fulfill a requirement to please your pastor, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you have your friends and you know they're an ungodly influence, you're not putting it through this word and doing what you should. If you're involved in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in, and Alistair Begg addressed this the other day, you know you're not allowing God's word to govern your life. You're not doing everything you do, everything you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, to heartily into the Lord. And I want to close with an illustration of a man that I knew when I was young that just exemplified this to the hill. My dad is a Christian administrator, a Christian school administrator. And um, when I was, I think in fourth grade, we were at this Christian school and they had this janitor named George. And one day the preschool teachers called up George and or, they were walking through the hallway and a, a kid ran out of the bathroom to tattle on some kids in the bathroom. I don't know how to describe this, but the kids in the bathroom decided that it would be really fun to do things with what they had left in the bathroom that you don't normally do. And they smeared it all over the walls. And it was just, I don't mean to be gross, but they just smeared it all over the walls and all over the floor and everywhere. It was disgusting. And the teachers go in and look at it and they go, oh man, somebody called George. So they called George and no joke, his response, they say, George, we have a mess for you to clean up. He goes, I'll be right there, praise the Lord. And he comes down and he grabs his mop and his, his bucket and his sponge and he gets down there and, and he gets there and he, he looks inside and they think, well, well, this is what the mess is, George. And you think, oh man, this is gross. But that's not his response. And the whole time he's cleaning this, and I'm not exaggerating at all, you hear him singing hymns and praises and sponging down the walls and praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And you might think, for us, we might think, that guy is a crackpot. He's nuts. But he's not. What is he doing? He's pursuing excellence in his job. He could have pleased man by just going in there and cleaning it at all. And I guarantee you, if he had a bad attitude and still cleaned it, those teachers would have been pleased because his name would he would have pleased man. But he wasn't trying to do that. He knew that in his job, he wanted to please God. And he did that with excellence. And that was his goal. Again, if you're at graduation and you're looking up at being equipped for excellence and you think, I'm graduating from here and I'm supposed to be equipped for excellence, ask yourself, is your goal today to be equipped for excellence just to perform a task? Do you want to graduate so that you can balance the budget? Do you want to graduate so that you can be seen in front of a church preaching? Do you want to be the best school teacher in the world just so that you can perform it? Or do you want to do it because that's what God would have you do? He would have you pursue excellence and do everything you do with all your heart, no matter what it is. Is that why you're doing it? Let's pray.
Dear God, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. Lord, for your word that is something that we can count on no matter what. Lord, that it is practical for us today. That we can use it and it is changing our lives. Lord, that it can change our lives. I pray for myself, Lord, as a school. That as we go throughout our day, as we pursue friendships and involvement, and Lord, as we do our homework, that we're not doing it to please man on any level, but that our sole focus, Lord, is that we're trying to please you, that we pursue excellence, Lord, for you, and that is just our purpose and our driving force in life. We pray that this isn't something that fast escapes our minds that we can focus on as we go today. We pray for all these things in your name. Amen. Good to Smith.